Hi everyone, welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly podcast covering professional paddle presented by Hugo and Gons. We're on to episode 36. Hugo, as always, it's great to have you here. How are you doing? I'm very well, Gons. Hi everyone. I mean, to be honest, I'm just very, very excited to be able to talk about professional paddle once again and matches. I know that the Hexagon Cup that just that's just gone by wasn't really part, well, wasn't part of the Premier Paddle schedule for this year, but still it is professional players back up and running running and wow, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, it was great to to see them. I will say though, for this episode, uh, for our listeners out there, unfortunately there is no guest. So you you guys are stuck with both Hugo and I, which is uh <laughs> Probably not what you wanted to hear, but uh, we'll try to get a good episode out. And uh, we're obviously working as well in bringing on some new guests uh, for, for future episodes. But as you mentioned, Hugo, it was time for the Hexagon Cup. We were quite lucky to be able to go. Uh, so we actually managed to go on Sunday, which was the final. And um, it was a great Great, great day out, to be fair. I really liked uh, the whole Hexagon Cup setup. I felt they'd done a fantastic job with the event in terms of the organization. There were lots of stands. We even tried uh, some virtual reality paddle, which should be, I believe people can actually buy this already. And uh, I was quite surprised by it, to be honest. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't very good at it. There was a drop shot <laughs> exercise, which uh, I didn't manage to get a single one. But yeah, I actually kind of liked it. And then we, there were lots of, of stands, all the brands out there. I think uh, we can start to see how many brands that are not necessarily paddle related are invested in investing in the world. Uh, you know, brands like Alpine, for example, uh, yeah, maybe before going into the matches, Hugo, what did you make of the event itself? Did you did you like it? How it was organized? I really loved the organization, as you just mentioned. I think comparing it to the only other world paddle tour, well, professional paddle tournament that I've been to, which was when you and I Gons went to the world paddle tour Madrid Master last year in and around September, October, something like that, was it? Yeah, I. Yeah, I really loved it and I thought it was a great setup, but I did think that this was even better. I think the Madrid Arena venue was just really fit kind of the, the whole format and there were so many different kind of activation areas, whether that was the paddle virtual reality, which obviously you tried. And I can't really give you much chat on your performance given that I didn't try it out. But yeah, zero out of 10 in drop shots is not a good stat. <laughs> But yeah, room yeah better for than I did. <laughs> for sure. But better than I did because I didn't even try it. So yeah, I just thought the the activation element of it was really good. And a lot of different stands with obviously food and drinks. The food in particular was really good, all the food trucks. Obviously, big brands like Lancha investing in having a food truck there means that well, big brands are interested in engaging and partnering with paddle tournaments and as you as you said sponsorships are clearly on the rise it's something that obviously I, I work in the sponsorship world and in the marketing sports marketing world and paddle has been one of the fastest growing sports as we've discussed throughout the last year and a bit for I think it's four or five years now and it's 
now obvious that brands have seen this correlation and have started to become very interested in the growth of paddle. And as you said, Alpine, which for those of you who don't know, is a sports car brand, which currently has the naming rights to one of the Formula One teams. The fact that they're investing in paddle is, well, speaks wonders of the reach of paddle and yeah, the prospect of paddle growth globally not just in Spain, because at the end of the day, Alpine is not a Spanish brand. So, yeah, very, very excited to see all the brands that are engaging in the sponsorship. Good to see Principe as well, our beloved biscuits from Spain. <laughs> but, yeah, I just moving into the format of the tournament, I've got to say I loved it. I think the team element being introduced into Paddle is great because even though obviously Paddle is, in essence, a team sport because it's played by two players, not just one. I do think that players, in a way, regard it as an individual sport because they do change pairs relatively often, as we all know. So I would say that this team element where all the points that the teams win and even all the sets that they win are added up to get a total score of the team that then wins is just really cool because you're not just thinking about your own performance. If you lose, you'll be thinking, hey, I really want to be supporting and helping the other pairs in my team. So, yeah, I, I loved it. And I've got to say, I think I've already chosen my team. No shocks. I've gone for the Robert Lewandowski 9 team because our favourite player, Austin Dabia, is headlining and is their star player, their franchise player. Gons, have you picked a team? <laughs> No, I haven't, uh, to be fair, but I I don't know if I have a favorite one. I quite like, um, yeah, I think the Robert Lewandowski 9 team is probably the most exciting one when you're combining Tapia and John Santh as well, who I think is such a good player to watch and so much fun. So I'd probably have to go for that one as well. Nice. Yeah. I mean, as I say, what I still don't know, I'm not very clear on this maybe Gonzo you can help me I understand that the teams will now always be present at the Hexagon Cup the ones that the franchises that have taken part this year and I think the franchise player so as I said Dabia is the franchise player for Robert Lewandowski 9 he will stick to that team going forward am I right yeah exactly I think that's the idea and I think that in the following uh, years, they're, they're looking to add some other teams as well. Which will be quite funny because obviously the Hexagon Cup implies six teams and it'll be more than six teams. But, but hey, the more teams, the merrier. And yeah, I mean, going into the actual play, Gons, what did you think of it? Level, if you had to score the level of the players from one to ten? I think it was a six, probably. I feel like there was a lot of inconsistency, a lot of errors but it's only normal given where they are in terms of the the beginning of the season. Probably not even beginning. They're probably like just a couple of weeks into their preseason. So I think it's only normal. I felt like we did see a couple of wow moments and a couple of really good points. But in general, I felt points were very short and a lot of errors, a lot of unforced errors, a lot of mistakes that you would normally not see, especially on shots that are just casual shots like well i guess uh yeah the pure definition of an of, of an unforced error both uh on the women's side but on the men's side as well i feel like 
in the in, in the match um in the men's final that we watched live <clears throat> i didn't feel like there was uh, any player that sort of uh, escaped that perhaps uh, Stupa was maybe the bit of a more consistent player, but there were moments where Alex had moments of brilliance, but then missed like sitters, basically uh, Juan Tello as well, Martin Dineno as well. And for someone like Martin, it's so rare to see, to see that. So I guess it's normal. There's obviously the element of it's not a, real competition quote-unquote so obviously i'm sure that they're not as invested as they would be in let's say a premier paddle tournament and there's obviously the element that they're still in their pre-season so still perfecting things still not in peak physical condition but i felt like there was a clear divide like you can clearly see when they are sort of rolling and um and the level of play i would say was yeah maybe like a six or seven out of ten what, what were your what were your thoughts yeah i'd probably say that's kind of a fair score maybe i'd go for a seven just because it is the first tournament of the season and we did watch some amazing points i think i was really really surprised with the level that alex reith showed throughout the tournament in the semi-final when him and stolbar played Tabia and John Santh, I thought Alex Reith was a standout player. He was immense offensively, as we know, the big majority of his game and his game focuses on making the court small for the opponent by coming up tight to the net and defending by blocking. And it was working wonders. Also, obviously, the advantage of Alex Reith in this case was that he was playing with the fastest and probably fittest player on tour, being Franco Stobasuk. So I'm sure he was very happy to have that player next to him and yeah they obviously played together for quite a long time and they won tournaments together so I feel I thought that they were going to win and they were almost having kind of a comfortable final in my eyes against Teo and Dineno until literally when they had to close the match serving they were 5-4 up and serving and they'd actually had a match point already with Teo and Dineno serve at 5-3 on a golden point. And I just thought Alex Ruiz made a couple of big mistakes in that game when they were 5-4 up and serving. And then also in the super tiebreak after they after him and Stuba lost the second set in the tiebreak. So it's a shame because I would have given the MVP of the tournament to Alex Ruiz. I thought he was really, really good. And also defensively, when he was having to defend at the back of the court, even though he doesn't look super comfortable just by the way he moves when you compare him to players like Tapiao Adineno or Stupa when they're defending, he still gets the job done. So I would now actually probably go with Stupa for the MVP of the tournament because I really don't think Tejo and Dineno, it's harsh to say this, but I almost don't think they deserve to win the final. I think they won it because Stupa and Alex Reef made more mistakes in that super tie break. I don't really think that they only did anything special. That does, at the end of the day, paddle goes down to the fact that the most important thing is putting the ball in the other side of the court and not making mistakes. So they did deserve it in that sense. And they kept going even when they really were suffering to dominate that match and they weren't really damaging would probably be the word I would use. They weren't really damaging Stupa and Alex for the big majority of the match. However, 
they just kept working and we know how much of a hard worker the Nino is and they are to be fair is as well so credit to them and yeah great to see them winning I think it's great for Deio going forward in this season given that he struggled last season both with Paquito and Alex Ruiz and Nino continues his fine form and yeah what did you make of the women's final Gons? Again, I think on the women's final, very similar. Uh, I think a lot of errors. And I think that ultimately it was a bit more tight, I would say, than the men's. Because I agree with you that it almost seemed like Alex and Stupa had it in the bag until uh, they just essentially gave it away. And um, But I guess it can happen as well with when you have like a super tiebreak format score where the third third set goes to a, to a super tie break, it's just so so usual for these things to happen when each point really matters a lot. So uh, so I think on the woman's side, I think similarly, I was expecting more from Tamara. I think that she should have been offensively a lot more um, decisive, but she was missing a lot and defensively as well. And I feel like Alice Alathar, there was a moment where it felt like she needed to do basically the offense side of things. And I think that it was growing a bit, like she was getting a bit frustrated with that. And then I felt like Sophie and, and Delphi definitely took advantage of this. I thought towards the end, Sophie started being a lot, a lot more consistent and very solid especially with the uh, bandejas and at the volley i think i thought she was quite good um and being aggressive and then delphi as well i think delphi was very solid defensively very good lobs and um and really good with everybody and the way the match ended with that drop shot was absolutely insane so i i do think overall they they deserve it I think uh, in the tournament, Sophie and, and Delphi were always sort of a set behind um, and then coming back. So, uh, yeah, they, they do seem to fit well as a pair, I think, as well, given their different uh, styles of play. And, uh, yeah, I think so so uh, Sophie is, is quite good uh, staying up front and dominating with the volley. Uh, she's got a good bandeja in the sense that, like, wouldn't miss and just enough to get in time to be at the net and I think that's probably where she's most comfortable and then Delphi's just got a bit of that magic touch great lobs as well and uh, I think her her Vibora is like really good really spicy really just yeah the ball doesn't go off the ground much so um so I thought that overall they they deserved it and Maybe I was also a bit surprised by Alice Alatar's uh, level in a positive sense. Like I didn't think that she, at her age and with obviously all the all the stuff that she's had, uh, injuries and stuff, I, I was quite surprised seeing her live actually how good she is. And uh, even offensively as well. Like I felt like a lot of the time she carried Tamara. So uh, I do believe that she can do a lot of damage with a, with a proper left-sided player. Now, I'm not going to lie, I haven't watched Tamara a whole lot. So maybe I just uh, was watching her at the wrong moment and maybe she's going to grow into an amazing player this season. But uh, yeah, if she if she has a good left-sided player, I believe that she can really be challenging at the top. Yeah, I I really do agree with, to be honest, all of that analysis. I thought Alice Halifad played really well. I think towards the end of the match, 
she was probably trying to do too much and trying to win the points too early because Ikarada was suffering. And you could see that from the outside. Obviously, we were watching and gone, as you pointed it out when we were watching, that it almost felt like Tamara Ikarada was mishitting the ball a lot. You could hear it, that the sound of the ball going off her bat felt like a mishit and sounded like a mishit. So I don't think she was having a great feeling. And I, to be honest, it can happen to anyone how many times have you played battle and it's just one of those days where you're just mishitting balls and you don't really know why it's normal. And now, particularly for them, they're right in the middle of preseason and they normally played paddle every day and have played paddle every day for so many weeks on end. So right now it, it's normal that their level is more, well, towards the lower end of their level or their usual level. And yeah, I agree. I haven't watched loads of Damane Cardo. There is a lot of, well, positive energy around her. People say that she could be a perfect partner for Alice Salazar, young, tall, aggressive. I didn't see the aggressive side of her game on Sunday, to be honest. But yeah, she was facing a very aggressive player in Sofia Araujo. And Delphi Urea, who was the MVP of the final, in my eyes, was just so consistent. The lobs that she was putting in were sensational. They were literally bouncing centimetres in front of the back glass. And her volleys are really, really good. Particularly that backhand volley, she finds some really good angles on it. So, yeah, I think it would be interesting for Araujo and Delphi Rea to play together at some point in the future. It did feel like that partnership was working. And it is true that they were losing a lot of the matches they played. For example, in the semifinals, they were 6-2 and 4-love down against Alonso, Alejandra Alonso, that is, and Paula Jose Maria. And they ended up coming back, winning that set and winning the super tie break. And then they also came back from a set down in the finals. So really impressed by their, well, their will to come back. And you could probably think that in a tournament that, isn't part of Premier Paddle on the regular season, you'd almost be like, you know what, I'm going to give up. I'm a bit tired. I'm Not that I can't be asked, but just start taking more, playing riskier shots and not caring as much if you do end up losing. And it was completely the opposite. So it was great to see that. And yeah, I'd say the next gen final, even though we didn't have a chance to watch it, Gons, because obviously we were, taking the opportunity to talk to the people we knew. It was great to see David Fernandez at the Homa stand, wasn't it? But yeah, shame that we couldn't watch the next-gen final because it was sensational, apparently. And it was Jensen who won with Gala, wasn't it, Gons? Yeah, correct, in uh, three sets as well. Yeah, apparently it was a sensational final. And great to see that the Jensens, both of them, Claudia and her brother are doing really, really well. We've obviously heard a lot about Gala. So young prospect who looks like one of the interesting next-gen players for Spanish paddle. So, yeah, overall a great experience going to the Hexagon Cup, to be honest. I really do think that going forward and in the coming years, it's going to be a great event there's been a big investment from celebrities, obviously, as well. Andy Murray with the AD Advantage team, who did they end up winning the whole thing? I think they did, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. 
yeah, I mean, they won the men's and the women's final, so it'd be weird if they hadn't won any everything. But Andy Murray investing in that team, Eva Longoria in the 11-11 team, then obviously Robert Lewandowski, Rafa Nadal. So great to see so many celebrities getting involved in paddle. And I just think that going forward, it's going to be an event that everyone looks forward to because... When you look about when you look at a paddle season, it ends in mid December, or it has traditionally with the master final, and then you basically only starts again towards the end of February. That's over two months of not watching professional paddle, and you just miss it. Fans miss it. I bet you even players miss it because it is a big break. So, and you don't really have that break in any other major sport, even tennis. It might be a month off regarding relatively major tournaments maximum so i think a lot of players want to and are going to want to be involved i think if i'm not mistaken we had a bit of an insight from a friend who knows the people who run and have basically put together the hexagon cup and i think galan and lebron are very interested in participating next year so i'm sure they will be franchise players respectively and I can't wait to watch them. <laughs> yeah, I think the prize money helps a bit, little bit as well. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah, for those of you who don't know where, it's 1 million euros in prize money handed out to... That's handed out to the winning team, isn't it, Gons? To the winning team, correct. Yeah, so that's only six players. So it's a lot of money. Yeah, potentially, I guess they'll include the coaches as well. But yeah, still... That's a good point that's uh that's maybe two two extra two coaches um so eight players overall one million it's not bad not a not a bad pocket at all for what you would probably call an exhibition type tournament i'd take that every day of the week <laughs> and twice on sunday <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah really looking forward to next year's hexagon cup and i yeah I, I really do want a lot of other players to be involved i think there is potential for more teams think about how many top top players didn't play this season lebron galan garrido yanguas just so many players so yeah, yeah it's also great for the next gen right to yeah play exactly i'd love if they maybe also do some other type of uh matches within the team so potentially a, a man and an next gen potentially mixed doubles as well i think that would be really cool to see but yeah we'll i'm sure next year we'll we'll get different teams um maybe different matches different style of um of games but nonetheless obviously it's great to see and watch paddle at, at this time of the season because uh we're we're dying for it yeah we we are indeed so Thank you very much, Hexagon Cup, and see you in 2025. Cool. Now, mo moving on, one of the main things that's been happening this year, I think especially with regards to previous years, is um, is a big change in, in brands and uh, sponsors uh, that, are, that are associated with players. I think... I don't remember such a year where there's been so many changes in that regard, and especially players that have been linked with their sponsors for for almost uh, for for years, like almost since their careers, uh, since they were teenagers, and uh, it, it almost feels like 
on one side this year we've obviously had all the pair changes but simultaneously we've had all these sponsor changes as well which um maybe have they maybe they've even topped the the pair changes which we're normally accustomed to but we're not accustomed to these number of uh, of sponsor changes and um maybe we would like to go into a couple of them i think the main ones have been coming out of Barleon which is a, a very famous spanish brand that has been creating paddle rackets for for ages and um it's one of the the first ones to do it and the other one Starby so maybe to start with Barleon they used to sponsor players such as John Santh Mike Yangwas eh, Juan El Luis Ridi and um I'm guessing they still are sponsoring uh Victor Ruiz I'm I'm not mistaken he or has I he changed it? He might well? have said goodbye as well. Really? So uh, so there we go. Then on on Star Starvi's hand, uh, obviously Garrido's meant their main player. Uh, Lucas Bergamini as well. I'm aware he's changed. And uh, very recently as well, Bea Gonzalez has announced her departure from Starvi. So um, Hugo, what do you think of this? Yeah, it's I'm actually really interested in talking about these. Well, we're talking about technical sponsorships, so sponsorships regarding players' bats or rackets, which are obviously the most important or one of the most important for players. I'm just checking on Victor Ruiz's, well, social media accounts, and he does seem to still be playing with Barleon, so Gons, you are right. However, I'm surprised about that because they've lost three major players, they're two biggest players in John Sanf and Yang Was, for sure, but also Juan Luesbury, who is, you know, a hot young prospect. And yeah, it's strange that they've just kept Victor Ruiz. From what we know, and we, as I just mentioned briefly, we had a chance to chat with our good friend David Fernandez, you know, professional paddle player who took part in our first, well, our first episode of this year. He was saying that. And what we've heard, he basically reiterated the fact that Balian are suffering financially. And so players have probably been forced to make a move into other brands. So for me, the biggest move is the move, of, well, Lock Sports signing Mike Yanguas because Lock Sports, so for those of you who don't know, it's part of the Adidas group, but it targets the younger demographic. So they kind of go for rackets that are quite colorful, quite innovative, kind of slightly different color combinations and even designs. And it looks like they've gone for Mike Yanguas alone as their main player, at least so far. And he's going to be the face of the brand. And yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to see a big brand or sorry, a new brand going for a big player. And as Gonzi know, and our audience knows as well, I do think that Yangwaz is going to go far and I think he's going to continue to progress. He's one of the hottest prospects today and he's only 21. So can't wait to see how he performs this season. But yeah, obviously John Santh, it's almost confirmed that he's gone with drop shot. So drop shot going for another lefty now that Juan Martin Diaz and Pablo Lima have retired. And Juan Luesbury has gone to Homa, so he's joining our friend David Fernandez and also players like Pincho. So, 
yeah, quite a lot of moves, but I think the other, there's two other major moves for me, maybe three. Alejandra Alonso, who's obviously a big, hot young prospect in female paddle. She signed with Babolat. I think that's been a great move on behalf of Babolat. She looked really, really good when she was playing that semi-final this weekend alongside Paula Jose Maria. And I think the other two big moves are, well, Javi Garrido confirmed he has signed with Wilson. To be honest, I don't see him fitting that brand. I don't know why. I just think that he's a bit... I almost see Wilson as a kind of perfect, very clean brand. And I just think Garrido is a bit more... I think he's a bit more different to the norm. So I understand like Wilson sponsoring Bella. I think he's a perfect example. And I understand them going for Lucho Capra because he will be playing with Bella this season. But yeah, I'm surprised they've gone for Garrido. Obviously, he's a great prospect and a great signing, but I'm slightly surprised. And I'm just forgetting the other main deal that I wanted to talk about. Maybe Bea Gonzalez leaving Starby? Yeah, Bea Gonzalez, I think, is a massive one, especially because it seems like Bull Paddle is uh, is going to be taking her. And um, I just think that Bull Paddle has an incredible roster of players, both on the men's and women's side of you. I mean, if you look at on the men's, you've got Chingoto, you've got Paquito, uh, you've got Dineno, you've got Tello. Uh, well, Pablo Cardona has has left. No, Pablo Cardona now as well, yes, actually. He's, right. just, he's just joined them, uh, Gonzalo Arroyo. Then on Javi Leal, then on the women's side, you've Alex Alazar, uh, Gemma Triay, now Bea González, um, Sofia Araujo, Delphi Brea. I mean, they are stacked. Amazing. So, um, so yeah, they've got an incredible, uh, probably, a, well, an incredible product because our friend David also told us that um, he's a big fan of, uh, of, of Bull Paddle Rackets, obviously, Homa Rackets as well. And, um, and yeah, but they just keep adding to their roster and uh, it does seem pretty, pretty nice. Then on Garrido's uh, Wilson uh, move, I also think very similar to you, Wilson, just uh, I, I guess I always associate Wilson with Roger Federer mainly. Yes. And that sort of style, not, not only uh, in terms of like the person, but just the way they play. Bella, I think, is a perfect example of that. And Garrido, to me, is he's such an aggressive player. I see him more maybe with a Adidas or a Knox, even someone like Head as well. And whereas, for example, maybe someone like Koki Nieto, I think, could could be uh, very much on on Wilson's brand. But nonetheless, I think it will be very interesting and uh, very exciting as well to see all these players with these different brands, different rackets. 100%. That's actually a really good shout. I do think Garrido fits Knox, for example. But I actually, I was convinced that he was going to sign with Lock Sports and just join Yanguas and they were both going to be the faces of the brand. And obviously they're playing together, at least for now. I thought, I think it would have been a great move for Lock Sports. But I mean, I assume that maybe the investment might be too big. Maybe they just want to try with one player before moving on to a bigger kind of sponsorship roster. So, yeah, really excited. And obviously, Bull Badel probably have the best roster on tour. But what I am slightly surprised about is that Head haven't made any major signings. It is true that they have the number one ranked men's player in Coelho and the number one ranked women's pair in Paula Jose Maria and Adi Sanchez. 
But obviously they lost Sanyo to Seahawks not that long ago. And yeah, it almost feels like they're lacking maybe one major male player apart from Coelho. Yeah, potentially. And given all these moves recently, I'm pretty sure that it's on the cards. Actually, uh, when Yang was, was sort of teasing his racket, it seemed so... I was very... I was convinced that he was joining head just because it, it seemed like a head racket. Well, there you go. I I, I was convinced that Yang was, was joining Lock Sports, mainly once I'd seen that he was wearing Adidas shoes, so that's a bit of a cheat. But I just did think that knowing that Lock Sports were being involved and given that they target the younger demographic and just slightly edgier paddle fans. And I just think Yang Was is the perfect example for that. I do think Garrido is as well. So that would have been a good good move for them. But hey, just really looking forward to, to watching all these players with their new rackets. And great to see a bit of movement and new brands entering. Shame to see Badleon kind of disappearing. It is a great brand. And apparently the rackets are really, really good. David Fernandez mentioned when we saw him on Saturday. So, yeah, I think that's probably a good overview of the technical sponsorships, right, Gons? Yeah, very much so. And um, maybe to end this episode, we just want to briefly discuss the latest news regarding uh, Gemma Triay and Marta Ortea, who have officially split. And uh, it is kind of insane, I think, because the split is going to be is going to come after the first tournament in Riyadh. Uh, so I don't know. I'm a bit baffled by it, to be honest. It just feels so weird leaving after the first tournament. So you're basically spending a whole preseason with someone when in reality you're going to be playing 95% of your whole season with another person. So, uh, and this obviously, this move as well comes after not many months being with Marta Artea, even though they did get good results. And um, yeah, I don't know, Hugo, what are your first thoughts? Well, totally shocked is my initial short, in my initial thought. Sorry. Yeah, I just really didn't expect it. And it's obvious that the only reason why they're playing the first tournament together is because they were already registered for it and they can't make a change. At least that's for what I've read. So what Gemma Adrié was saying in her post, the post that she's shared on her Instagram account, just literally today, a few hours ago, she was saying and arguing that they weren't playing Basically, their match performances were not matching their training performances. And I understand that that's a big worry. However, I would say that most players train better than they play in matches. Or maybe that's actually, it's a good question. Maybe something we should ask our fans, because I bet you there's a lot of players, particularly the top, top players, who maybe don't train actually that well because they don't care that much. And when pressure kicks in and it really matters, they do really, really well. For example, we've heard about players that were super lazy in training in other sports. Like, well, Eden Hazard apparently was one of the worst trainers. Sometimes Kevin De Bruyne as well, because they just don't care. And then they're the best players on the pitch. So it's a good question. But yeah, I am just baffled. I Do you know who Triay is thinking about? Because I read, I read that she was thinking about teaming up with someone and I've just forgotten the name. Uh, it's a good question. 
Uh, I'm not too sure, but uh, I can guarantee you this. I'm not sure that they're better than Marta Ortega. No, exactly. So, yeah, just just baffled. I did think that they weren't reaching what was expecting what was expected from them in terms of last season's results. I thought they were going to challenge both Ari Sanchez, Paula Jose Maria, and Bea González and Del Fibrea a bit more. And I think it was a big hit for the pair to lose that number two seed, that number two ranking to Bea González and Del Fibrea in the last tournament of the season. So, yeah, I, I apparently, I was just, was just getting it up, she might team up with Claudia Fernandez. This is three I am talking about. So, you know, hot young prospect. Claudia Fernandez is only 17 years old. So clearly a big bet from Jim Adriai. I'm not sure it's a great move, to be totally honest. I think, I almost think that when Gemma and Martida were playing together last season, Marta was performing better than Gemma. At least, for example, when we watched the, the master final match that they played against Paula Jose Maria and Ari Sanchez, I thought that Marta Ortega was the better well, the better player out of her and Triay. And I thought that sometimes throughout the end of last season, she was carrying the pair. So, yeah, just, just a bit surprised. It does seem that it's been Triay's decision because actually Marta Ortega hasn't shared anything on social media. So it kind of points in that direction. And, yeah, I've got to be honest, I, I, I don't think it's the right decision. What do you think, Gons? Yeah, I don't think it's the right decision either, but uh, we'll see if the bet does pay off. Yeah, I mean, who knows? She's going with a hot young prospect who's only 17 years old. And the people say that Claudia Fernandez is one of the next big, one of the next big things. So who knows? At the end of the day, a lot of paddle is about how you're feeling and a lot about the mental side of the game, as we've mentioned a lot, Gons. And if you're not feeling that your partnership is going well and you don't feel comfortable on the court, particularly during matches, then I guess it's normal that you look for a change. And Gemma Adriai has been around for a while and I think she knows what she's doing. So she might prove us wrong. Yeah, that is that is very true. But I think uh, that wraps up the end of the episode. As always, it's been a pleasure to have you here, Hugo. And I hope that all our listeners enjoy that one. And uh, yeah, we're very much looking forward to get getting the season up and running and uh, talking a lot more paddle. And obviously as well, inviting a lot more people to the paddle pod. Yeah, we've got a few really interesting guests and really fun guests lined up. So updates to follow. Thank you very much, Gons. And cheers, guys. Have a great week.